Charlie Clifford, welcome to JBK on air, my man. Thanks for making some time to be on the show. It means a lot. JBK, it's been too long, man. I miss you. <laughs> Every pregame at the Colts is not it's not the same without you and us getting to catch up and just hang out, man. I enjoyed that so much here a few years ago. Yeah, you came to Indianapolis in uh, 2017. Yes. So uh, you're kind of accustomed to our market now, but what, what led you to getting to Wish TV? Let's start there. Well, yeah, I am no longer a imported Hoosier. I feel like a <laughs> full-blown, 100% true Hoosier. And look, man, what a great place to be. Right. What a great place to grow up, to live. I'm a Chicago guy originally, suburbs of Chicago, right by O'Hare. Right. So five minutes from the airport, but my mom's sister married an indie guy 30 years ago, huh. North Central grad. They've been up. Shout out King's Image. Also, now I should say it's Image by Jordan. They do custom suits, you know, regular uh, dress clothes too. Yeah, uh, they're up in Keystone. But mm -hmm. because of that, I used to come to Indy. You know, we'd come up once a year, uh, hang out with them, go to. Pacer right. game, go to a Colt game. So when I was in La Crosse, Wisconsin, my first TV gig out of school, um, and this opening popped up, you're right. You say 2017, it feels like two lifetimes ago. <laughs> right. but, yeah. yeah, I would have walked, Jimmy, I would have walked here if they said, hey, you, we'll give right. you the job, but you got to walk from La Crosse. said, good, I'm, I'm coming now. And I loved La Crosse. So, and, but it was just such a, that was such a special deal for me. Yeah, man, I was going to uh, talk to you about I mean, a lot of folks are drawn to Chicago when they think of the Midwest. But yep. with, with the amount of events that, that go on here um, between conventions and sporting events, I mean, this is cut out for you specifically being a sports guy. You're right. It's so yeah. underrated, Jimmy. I think it's one of the best sports towns in, a, in the world. We just yeah. proved it again at the race. But the simplicity of getting around the annoyances of a big city, they just aren't existent here. So we take it for granted. You know, I need to get to a Pacer practice. It takes me 10 minutes every day. Right. I need to get to a Colts game, you know, pregame. It's going to take me 15 minutes max. Um, getting down to Bloomington, going out to Mackey, uh, heading up to see our friends at Ball State. I mean, it just makes the aggravation of, you know, this job is on the road. It's on the go. We're not, you know, sitting in offices, mm. you know, looking at the clock. That's why it's so fun. And the fact that we can do it so easily here, that part's been, everyone takes it for granted. Sure. I do too. But yeah, I think when you ask questions like that, you really think about it. Oh my gosh, that, that makes the job so much more fun. So it's, it's the the best sports town, you know, it, there's no difference from Chicago in terms of the passion. I grew up there. The, the fans are just as rabid here and, um, you know, bring it on, bring Indy. Indy will go to toe to toe with anybody. I think that's the best thing. There's, there's so many more great things to come for Indy mm. and I hope I'm around to see him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as far as your professional influences, you know, I, I grew up with a dad in the entertainment industry being, uh, with the Bob and Tom show, but a guy that right. I saw on national TV all the time was David Letterman from Indianapolis. Right. Like, um, were you much of a Letterman fan or more Jay? 
You know, a little of both. I used to watch Channel 7 with my folks, which is the ABC. Right. Um, so, but we would, on the occasion when I was allowed to stay up, flip over. They loved Letterman. They also liked Leno. And I didn't know a ton about, you know, Letterman being an Indianapolis guy, working very briefly, the weather department at Channel 13, right? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like a six-week deal? Um, that's crazy to think about. but. You're right. I mean, he is, if you're going to have someone represent the greater media community, I mean, Letterman's your guy. There's been lucky to talk to him a couple of times at the 500. Yeah. Always in a good move, always cracking jokes, uh, except the one year Sebastian Bourdais wrecked Graham. And I happen to be the only one right by Graham's pit stall and Letterman climbs down and before I can even get through the question, I basically said, what happened to Graham? He's like, I don't know. I don't know. That didn't look right. Somebody's got to look at that. We had a chance. We had a run. He was beside himself. Oh, right. You will never see David Letterman that fired up. And um, I was just in the right place at the right time. So that was different. Yeah. See, my, my relation directly to the 500 is you know, my dad would play private parties and um he got hired by dryer ryan bold racing for years uh to be the entertainment and there's a lot of money in, involved in auto racing you know so i think that <laughs> despite the millions of dollars that david had socked away you know part of him's probably thinking financially have we won you know it would have been a great deal and that was what yeah. dad was always about was like can we get a victory from dry Ryan bullet so I can play a second party at the well, end of the year? But look, I love yeah. hearing stories about your old man. Cause I know how close you were to him. And yeah, I, I bet the tip was pretty good. The night of the dryer Ryan bold party when, uh, you yeah. know, that's not your standard night out as I've learned too. shout out to TB with Brian Ryan bold PR. He always hooks us up with, yeah. So very uh, thirst quenching adult beverages at the end of the month, which uh, you know, they're great people over there. Um, you know, a lot of people like to think that uh, the local news business is similar to Anchorman. Uh, but as far as like uh, local influences and guys that are in the market that have made you better, who are some folks that you look at as mentors? A great question. It is not Anchorman. There are there's a lot more friendships than enemies made. Yeah. And I think it's a testament to Indy too. You know, I don't know if it's like that in every market, but I mean, AC for me has been the best thing that's happened to my career. A, he hired me, uh, but B just, you know, he's the mayor. He knows everyone and he's never hesitated to introduce me to anybody. And that's meant the world, you know, for an outsider who, this wasn't my hometown. This wasn't my home state. I didn't go to IU. I didn't go to Purdue. I didn't go to Butler. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's made me feel at home since day one. And I always appreciate that. Outside of that, you know, look, I like to think I'm friends with everybody. I, I really <laughs> enjoy just, you know, catching up with folks. And, you know, we spend so much time waiting to talk to the players and the coaches that right. you really see these people, you know, some days more than your family. We're camped out at the Colts complex for six hours or we're up at training camp or on the road for whatever game. You know, I've always read Greg Doyle's stuff. I think he's an incredible print journalist. Yeah. I never told him that. I don't know him very well, but I'm sure I'm just one of many people who read him and, and really enjoy his style. 
but you know, everyone's been so cool to me. Dave Calabro, Mark James, Kristen Neri, you know, um, the, the list goes on and on. Greg Rakestraw. I mean, every, yeah. I could literally name everyone who works in this market and they've at some point or another gone out of their way to, to help me. Derek Schultz, Jay Query, you know, they're all everybody, man, everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Taylor Tannenbaum, 13, Olivia. Yeah, I need to stop myself, you know, <laughs> and clearly everyone I've worked at at Wish, you know, that's something I got to get across too. You don't see Jason Thompson, right. you know, in front of the camera. He is the most talented photojournalist on the TV side in Indy. And we're so lucky to have him. Ross Boland's our producer. He, you know, all these Colts pregame and postgame shows that we live for in the fall. He's the one making it look like we aren't a bunch of idiots up there on TV. Because <laughs> he's, all right, go to the locker room, take that lie, you know, go to AC outside, go back to the field. So it's it's cool, man. Sorry to ramble on there, but hey, it is, no. it is a special group of folks who work in this business in this town. And, you know, one thing that kind of drew me to television initially was that we all kind of have our role to play. You know, you have your on-air guy, you have your camera guy, your director. I mean, a TV station is really only as good as their weakest link with, with how it works, right? That's perfectly said. Yeah. It is a total team effort and, you know, staying patient and not losing your cool and being able to you know, talk our way through things. When you get a moment to communicate, a lot of the time it's nonverbal stuff, right? My mic's on, the camera's not on me. Something's not right. Uh-huh. And I need to signal to the floor director that, hey, the teleprompter's broken or, you know, there's something in my ear. You know, it's, it is totally, uh, you know, a team effort. And, you know, I'm, I'm 10% of it. I'm, yeah, I'm, right. A person on TV is, is 10% of the operation. Well, and what they always say is uh, the set is always smaller in person. Do you ever feel when you give tours, do you have to like reveal that part of it, that it's a much smaller operation in, in practicality? <laughs> You're right. The optical illusion, you know, you think it's Willy Wonka, you know, it's chocolate factory when you walk into Wish TV. And we are lucky. I mean, our set, we have two of them. And they are fairly spacious. I haven't been in any of the other ones in town. So I don't get a sense that ours is, would be considered to be a, a cramped set. But yeah, it's funny. You know, most of the reactions I get from folks are more, you know, for us specifically, we kind of have this all white set. It's, right. it's, you know, it's kind of a clean look. So I think folks really enjoy that because it is, you know, it doesn't look like old school TV which, you know, for us is great. And um, I, that's normally the top comment I get. It, it is funny though, you know, you walk in there four or five times a day and it becomes so routine and it's very odd to see people wowed by it, but you yeah. know, you, Hey, you, you haven't been spending your life in this place. So I, I get it. And that, that's a cool, I mean, who doesn't like someone showing up where they work and thinking it's cool. I mean, that, that will never get old. Well, and, you know, the, the thing that I love about you, man, I, I saw on uh, Channel 8's website, you know, you, you've done some writing, uh, done, done multiple things uh, for a TV station. Um, I guess how is it important, how important is it for folks that are 
trying to come up in this business to be able to do multiple things, wear multiple hats, um, and when in a time of need. <laughs> Jimmy, you, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, yeah. business is changing. You have to be able to do as much as possible and do it well. And I'm, you know, I'm preaching to myself. I'm trying to, trying to do that myself and, you know, just writing to me is the transformative power of any medium. If you can take your personality and put it onto a script, you know, usher it over the air on a radio show, on a podcast, turn it into a long form story where you're telling someone else's story, but you're still, your personality is still showing as the author. I, you know, when people ask, oh, what can I do more of? I'm like, write as much as you can. Mm. Just write, write, write. And I know it feels, you know, like the stone ages at some point. Why would I write, you know? And by writing, I mean typing too. It's just putting your thoughts, putting your, you know, arguments, your personality onto a script. And uh, that way, when someone gives you a shot, you can be yourself and you don't have to feel like, oh gosh, I just, I just want <laughs> right. to sound perfect. I don't want to. I don't want to mispronounce a syllable. I don't want to blink. I don't want to, you know, you know, whoever is going to hire you wants you to be you. Right. They're not going to hire somebody and try to turn them into a different human being. So I think just those repetitions, I mean, that's, that's the name of the game. Well, let's get into the hiring process a little bit. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the, the need or the, how important it is to sometimes be from a place in order to be hired. How much of a factor is that, especially for television, where you got to relate to the local market, you know? It doesn't hurt. I don't think you should ever rule yourself out. Oh, I'm from Seattle. Why would I apply for a right. job in South Carolina? I, you know, can it help your cause and get you over the edge in the eye of some hiring manager? Sure. Right. You know, hey, she was the former you know, two-time track state champion here. She knows how to pronounce all the towns, we assume. She has, you know, been an upstanding student and a hard worker. Absolutely. But I don't see someone passing over candidate they think is better uh, just to get the hometown flair. Um, but, um, you know, a lot of folks like to go home at some point and certainly I, I wouldn't think it would hurt your cause what are some things that um folks should include on their reel uh, as a sample of their work yeah. to ensure and you know keeping it updated that's that's another thing yes um you know how important is is those things for looking toward future opportunities yeah yes million dollar question right i'm i wish i had a perfect answer i was always taught for a television reel you know, let's keep it under nine minutes, right? If I, someone told me once, if Bob Costas sent you nine minutes of his best work, you know, at what point would you watch and be like, all right, I get it. This guy's good or this gal's good. I'm not going to watch nine minutes of anything. anymore. You know, our attention spans, right? So don't backload, oh gosh, my best, you know, report. I'm going to put that seven minute mark you know, lead with your best stuff. I was always taught first part of your tape should be you out showing your personality, whether that's interviewing folks in the field, stand-ups as we call them in stories where you're doing something creative. 
that mm -hmm. middle part. If I'm going to hire you as an anchor, I need to see you on a set leading highlights, maybe interacting with an anchor or two in a studio setting. And then the back end, the last third, show me your best feature story. Let me know that you can tell a great story, mm. make me feel some emotion, whether we're laughing, whether we're crying, whether we're getting in-depth on some historical or investigative thing. So it's kind of a three-part pie, but right. keep it under nine minutes. You know, only your best stuff. There's If you bobble, don't worry. You're going to, you know, if you still got a gig, you're going to have time to go replace that with something better. You know, only show us the best of the best. And right. um you know, just as you said, update, 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 you know, nothing's ever concrete. Mike Tarika, I heard him say one, you know, that's the beauty of this craft. There's no perfect game. You can always tinker and uh, reinvent yourself to some degree to, you know, give the viewer a better experience. Well, and uh, Joy Hernandez for a period was yes. my uh, TV teacher at UND TV five. And uh, no way. One thing that, that is, she, she's awesome. Yeah, no, she's fantastic. Um, one thing that she drilled into us was how important uh, television packages are, the two to three minute uh, segments that you see. Um, what are some things that you should include in a TV package to, to make it awesome for the audience and for employers? Well, you know, it depends your subject matter, right? And two to three Let's let's be clear, Jimmy. That's stretching a little bit. Normally, sure. we like you know living in that minute forty-five to two minute and fifteen second range, but that's the beauty of this. There's no you know there's no ground rules. If it if a subject calls for something longer, maybe it, you turn that into a multi-part thing. I always think my one tip there would be, you know, don't write what whoever you're interviewing is eventually going to say, you know, it's really mm -hmm. easy to step on the toes. We're so worried about, I just don't want people to be confused. I want everything to kind of flow. So I'm going to say something. And then that person we're telling the story about is essentially going to say the same thing. I would, I would try to catch those, mm -hmm. you know, errors ahead of time if you can. And then you know, something I struggled with early on is just getting down to that time length. A lot of it is just writing as concisely as possible. You know, mm -hmm. my favorite part of TV writing is we aren't getting the red pen out and correcting grammatical. Is it a complete sentence technically? Like, <laughs> no, yeah. we're talking, man. Right. This yeah. is a story. Uh, this is a conversation. This is not print journalism. And because of that, my, you know, my AP style skills are, I, I use Grammarly, shout out Grammarly for a lot of the help here. <laughs> People who read my online articles, so hopefully they can piece them together. But I think always lean, you know, if I'm sitting with Jimmy, I'm telling him this story, you know, and am I, I'm going to voice in that tone. If, if we need to, if we need to give some depth, if we're talking about something that bad that's happened, you know, I can't be up here all excited talking about, right. You know, so let, let your emotions go with that story, but also never lose the fact that we're just talking, you know, it doesn't need to sound. And I struggle with that too. It doesn't need to sound like some, you know, voiceover for the top gun promotion, but 
energy is great too. It always is weird when you first start to record your own voice for these packages you're talking about. You know, I remember I go back to all my old stuff in Wisconsin. I mean, I sound like I'm whispering and it's like, you have to bring up that energy. <laughs> you're a salesperson at the end of the day. I'm selling this story a little bit to you right. to capture your, you know, so you're, you're not at normal conversation level, you know, bring that energy, really put yourself on that paper. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I could tell you a million things. You just have to do it so much right and on a regular basis and you know have people watch your work that's a scary thing at the beginning oh gosh i did this the best i could i know i did i'm going to give it to somebody and they're going to say it stinks well guess what you're right. going to be so much happier the next time you go to do a story because all these little reminders are going to be subconsciously in your head and it's going to help you so right. always you know this isn't you're not the first journalist who's getting criticized just take it for what it is, whether you agree with it or not at the time, you know, appreciate that someone's giving their opinion and giving you their time to tell you what they think. And then, you know, you'll, you'll find the right lane, you'll find the right lane. But so, you know, we need, we need bumpers because otherwise it's just too damn hard. Yeah. It's, it's not enough time. You know, you have to, you have to shrink someone's life down to two and a half minutes. How do you do that? that's not you know that's not an easy thing to do well it's it's uh part of the tv magic and you know um one thing that i struggled with a lot and i'm sure you do too man because you you're delivering sports you know you're the dessert at the end of the dinner um so you know do you ever feel pressure to meet a deadline you have to get a story every day right i mean or is that what are the expectations for you when it comes to getting stories Yes. It just depends where we're at, you know, yeah. what's going on that day, but absolutely. There are no days where the feet are kicked up. Oh, I know I got nothing to do. With. This is great. That has not happened one time in five years at Wish scouts on, which I appreciate, Wish. you know, they're keeping us really busy, which is great uh, because this is this sports town deserves it. There's too much going on to, to take the foot off the gas. Uh, remind me the first part of that question. Uh, yeah. before yeah go ahead um I, I just think it's a lot of pressure to to face right. those deadline deadlines day. you know day after day you know, would be for me you know yes I think early on when you don't have your routine down you don't know you know you're going back and forth so much just try not to screw up early on I felt that ticking clock a lot more and I think you know, again, this goes back to the, the theme of this pod so far is just repetition is the key. Eventually, your processes just get quicker. And uh, there still are deadlines that like, hey, you just got to you got to go and hmm. do give it your best crack. You, you got 10 minutes to, you know, get this on TV. You know, you got to write you got to write this breaking news thing up really quickly. But right. uh, yeah, generally with like stories you know, we aren't under feature story. We aren't under like this immense ticking clock, you know, at least you have a couple hours maybe to turn it around. So I think it's kind of fun, you know, it gives you when it's done, there is like an adrenaline, there's a high there. Right. So it's a cool, you know, again, I, it is like every day you're <laughs> the shot clock resets 
Right. You know, there's no, hey, you did really good yesterday. You're you're fine today. You can take your you can take your jolly time, which <laughs> that's fun. That keeps it exciting to a degree. How does it feel um, to watch yourself on TV or to see yourself on a billboard? That's got to give you some pride, or or is it embarrassing for you? Well. I can't say I've seen myself on a billboard yet. So I guess we got to keep, oh, we got to so keep climbing. We're working no, toward that, man. Yeah, man. No, yeah. Uh, the whole watching yourself, yeah. I'm probably, you know, it will never be normal. It will, it feels like a different person. It honestly just feels like I'm, you know, that's really, that's you. Um, it's very hard to describe. It is not as weird as it originally was. Right. But never will be able to comfortably sit back and just totally separate yourself from that because it, it's it's just weird. I don't yeah. know. It's not it's not like looking in the mirror. It's not that effect. Is the mirror looking in the mirror feels much more real than watching yourself on TV? I don't know if that makes any sense. <laughs> just this yeah. like weird in between of like the mirror and then just something that's looking at something that's not yourself so well you're always you're always your own uh harshest critic too you know you're always kind of feeling it more than the audience maybe like you might notice a mistake you would make as opposed to just somebody viewing it at home right totally yeah it's funny like you see some things and then i could watch something a hundred times someone else will watch like oh did you you see you hear what you said there or did you see what you did there like i i totally missed that did that you know did that uh distract you or you know so it's it's never good to just watch your own stuff and not share with anybody i think that's another (laughs) theme i would hit home it's a it's not healthy b you know you're not the one watching so you get as many viewpoints as you can get on your work i think that's going to help as far as like the costs of being uh, a journalist uh, in these days, I mean, how many subscriptions are you having to pay for <laughs> month to month and like dry cleaning? I mean, it, it's a visual medium where you got to be looking good. You know, that's another part of it. Yeah. I, I like to wash and iron most of my dress shirts per se. Yeah. Dry clean, you know, great about suits. If you're like not a, total slob with them you can kind of get by with not having to dry clean them a ton um but yeah that cost is thrown in there um you know probably getting haircuts more regularly than the average uh you know worker what have you but i don't know i feel like every gig has some like hey i do this and i gotta spend 100 bucks a month on something that no one else would so it probably depends on the person man and as guys we have it easy i mean shirt tie jacket can mix match combos i was go back there's a story of some australian news anchor who just to prove a point because someone was writing horrible emails to one of his co-hosts who happened to be a female about what she was wearing so just to prove a point he wore the same shirt and tie (laughs) for a year and then oh, posted okay. all the photos and said, I didn't get one email or call. You guys need to leave females on TV alone. Get a life. You know, this, it's such a double standard. It's ridiculous. 
Did you ever receive audience criticism in your early days at Wish? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think, you know, people still get upset occasionally. Uh, if, if you're hearing nothing, that's probably a bad sign, right? <laughs> right. But uh, you try to take them all, not as, oh gosh, who's this crazy person writing it? You try to read them. And uh, if, you know, they, you know, apologize, if you screw up, you're going to screw up. I mean, it's right. not... I love when Van Pelt says, you know, God, he'll get through a highlight or a story and maybe botch something. He'll just crumple the paper and say, I'm so sorry. That is terrible anchoring. Right. I steal that line when I, you know, when it pops in my, that's bad anchoring. Sorry, we're moving on. Let's keep going. But yeah, you hope you don't hurt anyone's feelings. Uh, you know, I mean, sometimes, you know, we're, we're not paid to be cheerleaders. You have to call it like it is, but you hope you really don't cross someone to the point where they feel like you're coming after them or something that's unfair. Obviously that's right. Those are never fun notes to get. And you try to explain yourself the best you can. And, uh, you know, this is, as you said, at the beginning, we're the dessert, we're talking about sports. All there's so many terrible things happening. You know, I hope, I hope we can all keep in perspective that these are just games and they're people at the end of the day. Um, and I, you know, I don't want to cause any controversy with, with this question. I'm just curious with with everything yeah. that is happening in the world, do you feel drawn to maybe do more news stories? I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying yeah. that sports isn't worth the, the time that it's given. Cause that's, that's worth its time too. I'm just seems to be a little overwhelming uh, in today's world. I don't know. You're right. I was just sitting here going through a news feed of a, you know, major outlet that I follow. And it's like, oh my gosh, right. you know, these 20 stories today, they're all make you feel like what the hell is going on out there. Um, but what I like to remember is, you know, for, for us, you know, we're lucky we get to go out, we get to interact with people. You know, you're the same way you love people. And there's so many great things going on and there's so many people out there helping others and trying to look out for each other. And, you know, that unfortunately doesn't override, um, you know, really serious issues that we face, not only here, but all over the world. Right. Um, but certainly in our community in Indy. Um, and, you know, I think one thing that the Black Lives Matter movement taught me um, you know, we, you have to be willing to put yourself out there and speak up and do things. Um, there's no excuse for sitting on the sideline anymore when you see people that are being persecuted in your communities. I mean, it's, mm. we're adults now we're all, you know, we're not looking to our parents to see what they're going to do. It's our turn to make our impact and you know stand up for the things we feel are right and you know it does spill over to sports because you know i'm in a great place at wish that lets probably gives us a little more leeway to just you know to go there and that should never change and it should only open up more i know people come to us to for an escape <laughs> a lot, even subconsciously, whether you're thinking about it or not. Right. But when the time calls for 
you know, a comment or for you to remind people you're human and you have emotions too and to say what you believe. This is, you know, that's why you work hard to do those things. You're not, you know, yeah. that's why you live in a great country where you can do it and you you won't be thrown in jail for it. So yeah, it's a really good question. Well, and I, you know, I thought about a lot of my friends who have talked about shootings and horrible stuff, you know, they have to deal with yeah. and their mental health. Yeah. And you're dealing with sports, so it's it's not necessarily the same thing. But do you fear for your safety at any point? I mean, as a journalist out there? Yeah, I know I don't walk around living with that fear. And I, you know, I'm yeah, I'm thankful for that because I know folks who battle anxiety, that's that that's there every day. And you know, I'm I'm thankful that you know I can somehow tuck that away, but it's the world we live in. Right. And you know, I'm with you, man. I you know, reading about Texas and as the details continue to come out, I mean, you know, addressing those of our neighbors who, you know, we come in contact with anyone who needs help from a mental health standpoint. Yeah. Um, it's so vital to extend that arm and um you just never know how your interaction, how your relationship with someone, even if you know, in passing can impact the world and, and things ultimately not happening. Um, so I just know we can do better about looking out for each other and ultimately taking a look at what we believe in as a country and how we're going to yeah. move forward, you know, not only for ourselves, but to ensure our kids can you know, stay on this earth as long as they, they want without something like that happening. I mean, there's, yeah, you got to do better, man. This is bogus. This is, this is ridiculous. Um, and all the conjecture on Twitter, you know, I, if we spent a quarter amount of that time physically doing things, you know, that's, that, that's, that's the gap right there. So that's where I'm at. The uh, a positive thing happened for you recently, man. You got married recently. Um, yes. Talk about um, work-life balance. Like we kind of did a little bit, but um, what, how has married life been so far at this point? It's been wonderful. My bride, Colleen, you know, she's, she's the MVP. I showed you the little pooch Chuck earlier. <laughs> um, yes, I have a dog named Charlie. It's a long story. He was in the picture before I was, but she's amazing. I mean, she puts up with working on nights, working weekends. Hey, can't come to this holiday function. Gotta go to that game. Um, it's, you know, she's just unbelievable. I hope to repay her someday. You know, she's, she's in PA school, so she's going to be a physician's assistant here soon. And she's kicking butt there. So could not be prouder of her, um, love her to death. And yeah, she puts up with the schedule. So it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a give and take, you know, it is, you said work-life balance. I wish it was better, man. I really do. It's a constant struggle just to be aware of that. And, um, you know, we're lucky we don't have kids running around yet. So yeah, I think, 
I think it's easy now and it will only become harder for here, you know, but you know, if it becomes too much, then I'll go do something else. It's, it's, you know, to me, that's how I look at it. Yeah. And, um, you know, what, uh, looking toward the future, Charlie, uh, what, uh, what are some plans you have for your career? Any future ambitions, man? For sure. You know, you want to, A, you want to just work your butt off and, you know, make everybody proud who's, look, my dad worked his tail off so I could go to school and Mm. do whatever I wanted. Um, You know, hypothetically, you know, his dad did the same thing for him. Uh, So I, I just want to pass that torch, man. You know, I could care less how many trophies are on the mantle at the end of the day, how many billboards are up. As you said earlier, I want, you know, I want to give my kids the same opportunity my parents gave me and however that shakes out, I could care less to be honest with you. And I'm lucky right now to be doing something I really enjoy doing and I get to just have fun with it. But you know, at the end of the day, if that would ever impede me being able to give my family a, a chance to do what they want to do in life, then that's time for me to park it on the sideline and, you know, reverse course here, or, you know, change, not reverse course, but get in a, a different lane. So that's it. You know, the, the I know career that. stuff, the career stuff, man, I don't, I don't play God, you know, life is so random. I don't, I have no idea. I love wish. I want to keep chopping there. They're, they're still telling me to go cover (laughs) games. So until they don't, then I'll go figure it out. There you go. Um, I know that you're practically on call uh, with your job and it's, it's hard to find any windows in a day, but um, when you are able to get a few minutes to absorb some media, what music are you listening to? Do you watch any TV shows? That sort of thing. It's so funny. I moved in this apartment. This TV's on the, you know, it's on the wall. It doesn't even work. So, oh no, I, yeah, I've watched like no TV the last six months. Obviously, I'm watching games. I'm streaming stuff on my phone, but music. Olivia Ray was ripping me on Twitter today because I had the Chili Peppers album that came out like last month just you know on quiet I thought she couldn't even really hear it finally she's like what have we been listening to the last two and a half hours this is terrible it's, this is the album of the summer the Chili Peppers are back this is their best album in like 15 years yeah. I love classic you know classic rock in there I grew up on Springsteen and uh really Bruce my dad's a Jersey guy so I love yeah. Bruce Rolling Stones um uh, you know, those are my one, two in terms of the all time stuff. Um, but Kings of Leon, Black Keys, uh, you know, Cage the Elephant, some of the new stuff, but I listen to anything. I mean, I got, I got Jay-Z and Drake on, you know, playlists <laughs> playing okay. through here all the time, probably bugging the neighbors. So, yeah. Started from yes. the bottom. Now you're here, man. Look there at this. we go, baby. <laughs> that was a great music video, by the way, back in the day. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> Charlie, for those that would want to reach out to you, connect with you, uh, maybe send their reel to you, how can folks connect? 
Hit me. Uh, gosh, I would give you my cell phone number here, but I probably shouldn't do that. Let's do Twitter uh, at CliffWish8, Instagram at Cliff underscore Indie. And my email is just charlie.clifford at wishtv.com. Please don't hesitate. All right, folks, to hear this again, you can check out my website, jbkonair.com. You can also get the podcast anywhere that you get your podcast by searching JBK On Air. Until next time, have a great day and a better tomorrow.